<laughs> I love it so much. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hi, I am Sean. I am the assistant editor of the Hornbook Inc. But not for long. <laughs> I'm Roger Sutton, editor in chief of the Hornbook. And this is the Hornbook podcast. We have no plan. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Sean's last podcast for us. We're also, we're recording a lot. Like we used to record a week or so in advance. And uh -huh. so I was kind of like, that was fine. I could deal with it. But I've gotten so used to us recording like the Friday before it releases. Have a good weekend. That yep. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this isn't going to come out for another like week and a half after we record it. So, oh, so if we screw yeah. up, we can do it over again. We, <laughs> I will be in Seattle, so, oh. we, <laughs> so we can't. Um, but yeah, as of right now, I'm leaving for Seattle on Sunday. But when this comes out, I'll have already come back. All right, let's talk about why you're going to Seattle. Yeah. Um, Sean has a new job. I Sean, new tell job. us about your new job. <laughs> I have a new job. I am moving over to Shelf Awareness as the editor of Children's and YA. Um, and so it's a really nice move from the cool stuff I've been doing here. And what will you be doing there? Um, it sounds like what I'll be doing there is primarily, I mean, there's a lot of the general review kind of stuff that we do here, which is I will be assigning books, um, checking in with reviewers. So assigning books to reviewers, checking in with reviewers, editing their reviews, um, preparing their reviews for, publication i'll be reading books i'll be writing my own reviews um there is a journalistic aspect of it which is you know going to conferences and talking to um authors and illustrators and also being at the conferences and talking to the publicists and salespeople. um so there, it does look like there's a lot of travel involved which mm. is really cool for me you because, like that. yeah i do i like that a lot um and i <laughs> The only thing is, I'm not positive that the restaurant is going to like that. <laughs> because Oh, you're going to keep yeah. going with the restaurant. I am going to keep going with the restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, though. <laughs> there's, there's, I can see the light for not working in restaurants. <laughs> it's coming. Um, but I actually, um, I'm going to Seattle next week. So this will be, it'll be last week when I come back. Um, and then BEA is at the end of May. And then ALA is at the end of June. <laughs> And you'll be at all those things. And I will things. be at all of those okay. things. Um, so it's going to, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's just a lot of travel. Like You right should come to that. Day of Dialogue. Yeah, because Day of Dialogue is when we're now. We're announcing Boston Globe Hornbook Awards. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be awesome. Me and Kwame Alexander are going to do it. That's going to be really cool. Which be fun. <laughs> that will be really fun. So how much reviewing does Shelf Awareness do of children's books? So Shelf Awareness is less from what I have garnered from my discussions with them and from what I've seen when I'm reading it. Um, it's less critical review and more um, recommended books. Mm -hmm. And so from the children's side, it's six a week. And there's mm -hmm. one big one on Wednesdays. Um, and then there's five, two, and then three on Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. um, and those are a little bit smaller. But their smallest like review slash summary slash recommended book is um, that the smallest one is as big as our, as our magazine reviews. So it's 200 to 300 words. For the short one. For the short one. Wow. And then their long one is 400 to 500 words. And you make all the decisions about what's going to be reviewed? Um, it's actually, what they do is really cool. Um, they, I am worried that this is not Okay. So what they do, <laughs> um, what they do is really cool. Um, they send out like packages 
to their reviewers and then they say, tell us what you like. Mm-hmm. And so they being you. Yeah. They being oh. the editors uh-huh. of the individual sections. So they send out these packages. Um, and I don't know how many are in each package and I don't know yet how often they send them out. I assume it's once a week. Um, but they send out these packages and to, to their reviewers who are booksellers and who are part of the bookseller and indie community. Um, and then they're like, you know, tell us what did you like? What was the best? Um, and then their reviewers review from there. And then how do you're I'm asking s- me a lot of questions? I know for someone who hasn't been to well, Seattle. Yet. Get used to it, girl. <laughs> but so you will decide what to send to the reviewers. Correct. And you will receive copies of what, like all new trade books published. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks like they receive just about everything. Um, they get a ton of stuff in. Um, and so, it's from all new trade books that are being published. Yeah. And these will come to your house, which is where you're working. Here is the fun thing, and this is what I'm gonna be working on with them. I'm gonna try and make a switch to e galleries. Okay. Um, because I I love physical books and I think there is so much that's important about holding the physical book. Um, but if I can do something that will like number one, streamline the process, and then number two also maybe like take down this industry's waste a little bit. <laughs> that would be really cool because we use, you know, like the galleys themselves are so much paper and then all of the fossil fuels when we're shipping them all over the place, um, it would be nice mm-hmm. to try and get things in the galley form. Do you wonder as I wonder? <laughs> Let's wonder together. <laughs> I mean, Shelf Awareness is an electronic publication. Yes. The emphasis of the Hornbook is increasingly electronic because yeah. that's how people are doing their reading. Um, but both of us are dependent upon an industry that is dependent upon paper yeah. at this point. I, if even in 10 years, there could conceivably be very few printed books published, mm-hmm. it would all be electronic. Yeah. What's going to happen to those <laughs> of us, those fleas on the back of publishing, um, when the whole thing becomes an electronic transaction? Yeah. I, I mean, you have to wonder about whether... I feel like publishing is hard-headed enough that they will hold off on being entirely, um, <laughs> entirely electronic for as long as possible. Trade because, publishing. Yeah, yeah. because... Um, so I mean, all the money does come from hardcovers right. and those prices do just keep popping on up. Um, but I don't know. I wonder if it'll mean that there's just like a transition in the way that this industry works or if it just means that 90% of us are going to disappear. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to be retired. Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> in 10 years? <laughs> Why would you not be well, retired? I'd like to be able to stick around for the 100th anniversary of oh, the Oh, yeah, Warm you book, said that. But that's, that's not, true. that's like six. I can't do the math. I always get in trouble here when they ask well, me. We do anniversary. As we witnessed with Boston Globe <laughs> Warren Book. Um, so, but it would be 2024. 2024. Oh, so that's seven years from now. Seven years from now. So. Yeah, so in 10 years. If you're sticking around for the 100th anniversary. Maybe I'll just come back for the 100th anniversary. (laughs) I'll have them wheel me out for a moment. Because you'll you'll need to be wheeled in five years. Uh, Honey, I could be wheeled right now. (laughs) You don't drive. It's true. Someone does actually technically wheel you around. Your husband. Did I tell you how much trouble I got in? (laughs) No, for what? 
I don't know. He we just were, rolled we his were, eyes. You missed that. We were out <laughs> at dinner with some friends, and I said, you know, my life would be perfect if I just had oh, a chauffeur. Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Having a chauffeur would be pretty nice. I was stuck in, I, I went up to see, um, Vicki Smith yesterday to like kind of pick her brain a little bit. Case um, of competition. Which is <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> She's just like pats me on the head and is like, <laughs> go get her. Um, but I, the point of that was actually I, I was coming home during traffic. Like I was coming home at like five, six o'clock and driving this car. I was stuck in traffic in Boston for like 45 minutes. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't need a car ever. I don't <laughs> want a car. I am so done with this. Um, Vicky actually told me that she listens to the podcast. Oh, good for her. Hi, Hi Vicky. <laughs> and I was really excited about it. I was like, aw, thanks. That's so nice. She said she likes it too. Not just listening to it because she has to. <laughs> it's very warm in the so office. We're talk we've been talking in the office about even before your passing, like what we're gonna do with your space. <laughs> and the physical space that my desk is yeah because we're going to shuffle some people around mm, okay and katrina and i katrina who's editor of the guide yes and i were noting that you've made it relatively easy because you are the neatest you have the neatest <laughs> workspace here in the office do i i think so i'm pretty neat you and lolly yeah. i'm very organized or the neatest, but yeah. whenever I go by, it's like, oh, she must have quit because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing on the desk. Except for the fact the that there's are. stacks and stacks and stacks yes. of books on the desk. Okay, but I come to my question. <laughs> yes. What's it going to be like for you working at home, do you think? You know, I don't know. I'm really excited about working at home because I, I, I work so much right now that I have very little alone time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited about actually getting to spend I'm alone. Um, but I do also know that as someone who's kind of like bookish and introverted, I will need to make myself go out. Mm-hmm. I will need to actually go out into the world. Um, so one of my very best friends also works from home. So we've kind of already made plans to have like work together from home days. <laughs> um, and I think that it will be really positive for me. Um, I do know that it will be a big transition because there's just even like coming into an office, you like set your day that way, you know, right. like you, you get dressed for work and you are in that space. And right. You have to take a shower. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I won't and put on clothes. do that anymore. Um, but again, a lot of, I think a lot of the work that I'm going to be doing is also going to be while I'm on the road uh-huh. because that job isn't going to stop while I'm at conferences. And so that'll be, you know, on trains or on planes or on buses. <laughs> I hate watching people work on trains, planes, and buses. It make you sad? Well, it makes me sad for them. Yeah, I can see that. Because to me, that is the best time and place to read. <laughs> and it I could is. be reading something yeah. for work, but really all I'm doing is reading. And I'm reading a book. I'm not reading reports, yeah. you know, or things, you know, spreadsheets. Um, And... To see these people madly typing away <laughs> just makes you sad. I pity them. Well, work will also be reading. Sure. So that, I mean, that's a fun aspect. Um, apparently, I just actually learned this today. Jen Risco, who's one of the co-owners of Shelf Awareness, 
very firmly believes the travel time does not is not work time. Like she refuses to work while she is on a plane, train, or bus. Oh, good for and her! And I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I learned that and was like, that is fantastic. Good for you. You know, Al Berman, who's our advertising manager, yeah. works at, from home. Yeah. And he's, I said, Al, how do you, because what I'm afraid of, because I would mm-hmm. like to work at home more often, but yeah. I don't want it to turn into one big candy crush orgy. <laughs> and Al said, he gets dressed for work. Yeah. He goes into, you know, he has breakfast and he goes to work. That even yeah. though that work is only steps away, he, he has an office, he goes into, into it. it, he sits down and yeah. he works. So That is something I will need to figure out in the sense of like, I have a very small space and so mm-hmm. I need to, I think I need to invest in creating like a desk area. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like actually figure out how to fit a desk into the space so I have like a work area. You want to hear something really cool I learned about though? I wish they were doing this in Boston right now. Um, th- I think this idea is genius. It's happening in New York. It's called Spacious. And what they do, whoever created this, is um, there are, have you heard of like WeWork or like, you know that there are like places where people, people who work from home will like pay to work in a workspace. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They rent a little cubicle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll rent a cubicle or they can rent like a conference space or blah, blah, blah. And you can do it by the day or you can do it by um, the month. And it's, I think it's like 450 bucks a month or something. Like mm-hmm. It's very expensive. What this company in New York is doing is they're renting out restaurant space. So restaurants that are open only open for dinner, like the really, really, really nice mm-hmm. restaurants in New York that are only open for dinner, the whole day is wasted time where they could be making money. And so what they're doing is they're charging people to come into that space, work during the day in the restaurant space, and then at 5 p.m. when the restaurant opens, they get a little text from the restaurant being like, it's happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cheap. It's like 35 bucks a day or like 100 bucks a month. How smart is that? 35 bucks a day to sit in an empty restaurant does not sound cheap to me. I Well, I mean, it's better than paying 450 bucks a month if you like, if you need a workspace, you know Uh what I mean? Um, But it just, it's such a, restaurants are designed to be a place you want to sit. Like that's the point, you know, it's designed and to eat. be somewhere. Well, <laughs> and drink <laughs> and I relax. Mean, like, <laughs> I just think it's genius. Join me in my banquet for this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> People do that anyways. There are lunch meetings all the time. Um, I just think it's, it's genius. I mean, it's a great way for the restaurants to make money. And then it's also a great way for people who are working from home to get out, have a community, but not be spending, you know, tons of money for like the WeWork things. Hmm. I think it's genius. All right. Now, can <laughs> we talk about electronic galleys? Oh, yeah. Getting back to this. Yes. I have, one, I have several problems with them. Tell me about it. Uh, the main problem is NetGalley. I'm sure you're run by lovely people, <laughs> but you're a pain in the ass. His eyes just narrowed real you, hard. It is so hard <laughs> really to get something out like of you. You. <laughs> you know, I would do a lot more with electronic galleys if publishers and NetGalley or whoever could figure out an efficient way to deliver them. To I've me. heard Edelweiss is working very well for this. Is it? That's what I have heard. Okay. Um, I have heard Edelweiss is, Edelweiss is working. Edelweiss. Um, I've heard that most... My fellow Austrians, <laughs> today 
I must leave I you would begin the song for perhaps <laughs> a very long time. Except it's so high. <laughs> I don't think I could hit it right away. <laughs> um, so I've heard that Edelweiss is a good source for this, and a lot of publishers are already keeping a lot of their material in Edelweiss. Uh-huh. Um, but then I've also heard that there are some publishers who just very, you know, like don't want to give out electronic copies of galleys, understandably. I mean, uh-huh. like... Um, I think like probably like the new Maggie Stiefvater book or something of that sort, like books that they're holding very tight to their chest. Um, the new Book of Dust. No, I understand the problems because yeah. you, if you have an e-galley, obviously there are ways that once a person has a copy, they can send it to a million other yes. people. But it needs to be streamlined. In some it's got to be fixed because yeah. we could... I use electronic galleys mostly for our advertorial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, the process of getting that book yeah. into my phone or Kindle or iPad is such a pain in the ass. Well, but presumably and, you could have it easily enough on your like computer. No, no. But I, what I want to do is I want to be able to say... <laughs> You know, call up Scholastic and say, I really need to see that Maggie Stiefvater. Yeah. Send it to me. And then Lizette Serrano, my friend there, the library marketing person, <laughs> says, here it is, Raj. And boom, <laughs> it appears. Well, it's on my can, device. Well, but so you can do that. But it's no. Just that your device is the problem. No, my device is not the problem. <laughs> my, my, What happens is she'll say, and I'm not picking on Lizette. This is just the process. Well, that's awesome. Just say, oh, yeah, you can get it from NetGalley. Just go put in a request there. Mm-hmm. So I go to NetGalley. NetGalley says, what is your password? I don't know what the <laughs> hell my password is. Do you need a new password? <laughs> I guess I do. And then I go in, and then I have to hunt around to find like the the place where I can get this new Maggie Steve Fader. Mm-hmm. And then it says, press here to request a copy from the publisher. So I press the button to request a copy from the publisher. Nothing happens. Yeah. The book doesn't appear. It doesn't start downloading. No, because they're busy sending an email to Lizette mm-hmm. saying, this joker named Roger Sutton wants a <laughs> copy of that book. Should we give it to them? Mm-hmm. Now, that can sit in Lizette's or whoever's email for who knows Until how long. They approach it. Yeah. And so then I have to write back and say, Lizette, I really need that book. <laughs> and it's just, it's overcomplicated. Yeah. Um, the hope is that I will be able to figure out a system that is not overcomplicated. I mean, that's the, it feels like, I don't think that I'm going into this position in an attempt to like change the way that reviewing works or anything. It just feels like at this point in time, we should be able to do that um, without too much, without too much difficulty. Um, and so it is going to be something that I'm going to try. I do think that there are things that you need to see in physical copy, like Picture books. I know that's a, that would you be my other to. reservation. Yeah, like um, I think that <laughs> I actually was saying this to Vicky. Like, I don't want to see your picture book galleys. I don't care about your picture book galleys. I hate galleys, but I do want to see your picture book hardcovers. Like, I want to see the. I do want to see the final product. I just don't like picture book galleys because the things fall apart and they're just all over the place. I know, and you drop and an F and G and it's all over. Because like, you try I to put it back together. Wait, this is and more, There's no numbers to tell you what page it is. more than I thought it was. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, it's just terrible. But I do think that like part of the, you know, part of the deal with picture books is to have the physical book and to have like, you know, especially like the, you know, parent and child reading experience or the like group reading experience. And you can't get that. 
Well, and page turning is so important yeah, in a way absolutely. that it's not in a novel. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, so I do like I do see that there are, and even just um like picking up a novel, like if you pick up a novel and you can feel how heavy it is, and you look at the cover and it's got like a girl in a gauzy dress or something, you're like, oh, okay, I have an idea of what this is. You know, mm-hmm. like this is going to be an intense fantasy, and we know that Claire will like this or something of that sort. You can't do that when you're just opening up your email and looking at things. You know, I um. I'm working on the, uh, every July we do a advertorial feature called mm-hmm. Publishers Previews and it's all yeah. debut stuff. Yeah. So I get one in and I somehow do manage to get it as a electronic <laughs> galley. <laughs> galley. And so I, and it's a new author, so I know nothing about the person, right? Yeah. I know nothing about the book. I'm looking at it and the title of the book is Grit mm-hmm. and there'll be a little feature in July about grit. Yeah. And so I, I clicked and all there's it there's no like prefatory matter or stuff because it's just like this file it's yeah. an early file of this book and so I just start reading right yeah. the, the main text and it's got these two girls picking blueberries <laughs> and you know old cynic that I am I'm thinking oh god it's one of these you know, it's got a Newberry title, Grit. And it's about this girl who's going to have to demonstrate some grit. But she's, you know, she's in Maine. She's picking blueberries. And so I'm thinking, oh, it's probably like the Penderwicks. But something's yeah. going to require grit. And, so, and I'm thinking, you know, all right, I've got this book figured out. But then by page three... These girls who turn out to be, you know, 17 and 19 mm-hmm. get in their car for a <laughs> night of drinking with the boys. <laughs> so the, the interesting thing about working from an e-galley is that you can't have those yeah. preconceptions. Absolutely. Yeah. Because and that is like you, a, have no, you have fewer clues. Yeah. yeah um, which is good. And that is good. Yeah. I was thinking about that as you were saying about, as you were saying that, I was thinking about like, um, you know, reading slush or something. And when you, d- you just open the file and you read and you open the file and you read. Uh-huh. And so that is, you know, while when you're reading slush, you can be reading like 30 things in a row and it's tiring. Everything is on the same level. Uh-huh. You know, it's very egalitarian. <laughs> um, right, because it's just standard type manuscript exactly. pages, right? Yeah, it's usually people just send in a Word doc or a PDF and uh-huh. you just kind of go through that. Um, so it's definitely... It definitely has many, many positives and also, I'm sure, some negatives. Um, I do feel like a big positive of trying to switch entirely to electronic is not using as much fossil fuel, to be entirely honest. <laughs> like, I do feel like that's a really big positive of it. Um, also, but what's the my trade-off? tiny. <laughs> what's, but what's the trade-off? Because you're using a computer, so you're using power. You are using power. Power was too. used to make that computer. I mean, it's not a... You've saved a bunch of trees. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's not. I don't know the answer to this question. But you look like you're ready to make one up. Well, no, I'm just thinking. I know I do look like I'm ready to make one up. Um, I, I'm thinking that you're right. It's not like a. It's not a complete savior, but I don't think it's a one to one either. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you are losing through the electronic copy everything. That we are, you know saving the other way right um but i do think that there is still some loss with the electronic galleys i'm sure i can look this up (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a lot of work apparently like there's something like um leaving your computer on for like overnight or something is a massive drain like a massive energy drain 
Um, but I haven't listened. Did we talk in here about the the time one of Jen Brabander's kids got this eco lecture at school no, and then came it. home and unplugged everything, <laughs> including the, like, it was probably a VCR at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so all the settings were lost. That's awesome. But it's true. We yeah. leave way too many lights on at home myself. Well, and also it's something about just leaving things plugged in in general. Like if you're not using it, like if you have a plug in, if you have something plugged in and it's not even connected to anything, uh-huh. it, there's still energy running to it. Uh-huh. And so the idea is like you should just unplug anything that you're not using, um, which I definitely do not do. Like my iPhone charger, that is always plugged into the wall. Um, but apparently I could like save the planet a little bit if I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm sure that I can look that up. We are not the people to be telling people about how to save the planet. <laughs> Well, no, as we sit here with this array of electronics in front of us and lights above our heads. And I'm pretty sure the heat is on and it's like 65 degrees outside. (laughs) This place, this building is not cool with getting temperature appropriate. It does not understand. Well, it's also very different even between my office and your office, which is right outside my door. Um, I'm interested in how you're going to manage to, are you going to try and, so my desk is, for those of you who have not been in the office, which is all of you, um, well, probably all of you, Vicky's been here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hi, Vicky. <laughs> my, my desk is in a corner, and so it's like an L-shaped desk that, um, you know, is pretty much entirely covered in stacks of books that need to go to different places. Are you thinking you're going to try and fit more than one person there? I don't know. Because that might no. be tight. <laughs> at that desk, no. We can only put one person at that desk. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely workspaces. <laughs> well, I think you guys had originally given that desk to this role because that's the person who's dealing with the most physical books all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so I can see how that would remain something to do. Yeah, we'll see. But you, I mean, you could try to fit. I'm not showing there. all my cards just yet. <laughs> But you are irreplaceable, Sean. We <laughs> well, hope to you. continue the podcast. But I hope you continue the podcast too. There will be a hiatus. Yes. However, um, this is this, <laughs> this is like the season finale, um, and then you will start a new season if you do start a new season. Yeah, we do. We definitely want to start a new season. Yeah. But then we we need to have a new person. I'm excited about you getting a new person. I'm not flipping those switches myself. (laughs) (laughs) All you have to do is plug things in and, you know, click a couple things and then, you know, edit it and spend your whole weekend (laughs) doing that. Um, But I'm excited to see what happens with this. Yeah. Like with the podcast and with whoever comes into this position and your guys are still working on um, like all the fun Hornbook Award stuff coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Like. There's so much fun stuff happening There's here. There's a lot going on. There is. Are you going to do a podcast at Shelf Awareness? I don't know. Um, we've talked about it, or we've kind of discussed the concept. Um, I definitely, I haven't chatted with them fully right now. Maybe I will have chatted with them more by the time <laughs> this goes out. Definitely I will have chatted with them more by then. Um, but because there is a part of the position that is kind of like journalistic, you know, it's kind of reporting on the awards and what mm-hmm. happens at different events, blah, blah, blah. It could really be fun, even if there isn't a podcast, but just to do all of those as sound files. Um, right. And, you know, you have this part of the newsletter that is interactive in the sense that 
the newsletter comes to your email and you read through it and blah, blah, blah. But then there's also one section where you click a link and it brings you to the SoundCloud page or something and you can right. listen to an interview um, and then also have it written if you want to read it. So I don't, I haven't said that to them yet. <laughs> now you have. <laughs> now I have. <laughs> Hi, I hope you're listening. I'm excited to come join you. I'm going to be sad to leave Hornbook. Um, but I think that that's something that could... Uh, something that could work and be fun and interesting and then also kind of continues along the things that they've been doing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think it's cool that they're all electronic. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, on behalf of our audience and the Hornbook, I want to thank you for your years of service here well, as well as you. the way you got this podcast <laughs> up and going. I love this podcast. It makes me very happy. I've loved hanging out with all of you and getting to do this. A really cool thing I've learned through doing the podcast uh -huh. is, um, I don't know if you feel this way sometimes, but when I'm having like a particularly grumpy day or a tired day or whatever, a lot of times I just want to go home and not be around anybody. Uh -huh. um, and a lot of times I couldn't because I had people I was supposed to meet with <laughs> for the <laughs> podcast at the end of the day. And I always felt better after talking to them, always. Huh. So like, even though it was five o'clock on a Friday and I was tired and I wanted to go home, um, you know, Lewin Pham came in and I had a great time talking to her and I felt so much better upon leaving. Um, and that's a cool thing to find out. Well, and it's know? also good to know for your next job because yeah. you don't want to isolate yourself. Yeah, I don't want to isolate. Also, alcoholics shouldn't isolate. Yeah, no, be careful. <laughs> I've heard that's, yeah. that's a thing we shouldn't do. <laughs> that's right. We need to get ourselves outside. Um, but that is also a big positive of continuing on a restaurant job. Mm -hmm. At least three days a week, I will be surrounded by lots of people. And lots of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a pretty good job with that, I think. Um, so yeah, thank you. I mean, thank you for doing this with me and agreeing to do the podcast in general. Well, um, I remember when you, when Sean, I'll tell our <laughs> listeners, when Sean came into my office and proposed this, I'm like, okay, bright young thing, has a big idea. <laughs> she wants to do it. Yeah, go ahead. But then boom, boom, boom. She's like, I need this. I need that. This is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to do. Sit there, put on these headphones, talk directly into the mic, and don't say have a good weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Funk, for bringing that up. <laughs> I couldn't make him stop. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been, I really super appreciate that you were willing to like take a chance and do it because I think it's actually been a pretty good success. It has, it has like, been we a actually, success. We've done pretty well and a lot of people who listen have reached out and said that they're sad it's going to go away for a bit and they're just hoping that it continues in some fashion and I think it will because Audrey likes having a platform from which to speak. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> thank, thank you all thank so much you. for listening. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Sean. Um, and have a great week. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.